to the book of Revelations, we will finish up this series on the seven churches. This will be the seventh church. Everybody say Laodicea. I'll say it like you're not asleep. Say Laodicea. There you go. Laodicea. This is a, a, a church that <clears throat> Jesus, I believe, loved with all of his heart. But he saw some things in this church that needed to be corrected. How I many is glad you have a father, an elder brother, through Jesus that loves you enough to tell you when things aren't going the way he expects them to go in your life? It's called correction. I know we live in the 21st century and nobody likes correction. But the Bible says that he chastises or corrects those that he loves. I know you're thinking, man, God must really love me because he's always on me. Well, good. I felt the same way. <laughs> All right, Revelations chapter 3, verse 14. Uh, we're going to pick up right there. If you don't have a Bible, you can look up on the screen. This is what the word says. Write this letter to the angel of the church and Laodicea. Yeah, stand with us all across the sanctuary just for the word. Jesus said, write this church. He's very specific to the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the amen. Amen just means so be it. <clears throat> and what people like to, not, like to deny and push aside and say what, that it isn't, I believe Jesus was just saying, I am what I am, so be it. This is who I am, I'm the amen. The faithful and I'm the true witness. The beginning of God's new creation. Look at verse 15. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold, and I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Hmm. Verse 17, you say I'm rich. I have everything I want, and I don't need anything. You don't realize that you are wretched, and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Hmm. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you, uh, so you will not be ashamed or be shamed by your nakedness. And also ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. Verse 19. I correct. I love this. You ought to underline this. And discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Verse 20. Look. I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne and just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Today I want to speak to you from a subject how to live life in the faith zone, not the safe zone. How to live life in the faith zone, not the safe zone. Heavenly Father, teach us. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Let us live by faith, not live safe. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. <clears throat> you can be seated. Now, I'm going to explain to you my title here in just a moment. It's going to make sense to you. Wait a second, Pastor. We want to be safe. We don't want to get hurt. We don't want to go through pain. And uh, we're going to talk about how the Laodicean church, this is, uh, again, the last of the seven. One of two out of the seven that was corrected by Jesus, but not admonished by Jesus. He wasn't, he didn't encourage them. He didn't have one good thing to say about them. And uh, though he knew their works, oh yeah, Laodicea was actually an, uh, an amazing city. Outside of Ephesus, it was probably one of the best cities that monetarily-wise we would have wanted to go. It would have been the place you wanted to go do some vacation. Sky rises, I don't know, maybe not sky rises at that time, but just big buildings, successful businesses. Uh, it, it was a place that was full of wealth. They were rich. The church was rich. They had money. <clears throat> they had more gold than they could shake a stick at. Matter of fact, they even had some huge medical breakthrough with some ISAV, some doctor. He, he actually wrote a paper and and invented this ISAB, and people would travel from all over the world just to get their hands on that ISAB to, uh, to cure blindness and eye disease. Uh, these people were effective. They were uh, a, a booming economy, okay? Many believe that this church, the seventh church, is, uh, every church is a, an, an, in an error of time. Many believe prophetically as well as, well as historically, that this is the 21st century era church. It's, it's, it's a type and a shadow of who we are and where we are as a body, as a church, as well as as a community. One problem, though they had the gold, they had the success, they had the money, they, had, uh, uh, they even had lots of uh, people come from all over the world for their uh, garments, because uh, their water system had so many minerals in it, the sheep would eat or drink that water, and it would turn their wool purple. And so there was, uh, this was, you had to be really rich. Lots of people with money wanted that fine linen and that wool so that they could wear those, those types of clothes. So this was a booming economy. And some would say it was the perfect place to be. My question to you is, what do you do when you're in a perfect place, but you have messed up circumstances, situations? Jesus was not so much caught up in their worldly success. More intently, he was focused on their spiritual de decay. And I want you to understand something. Jesus will always point out what needs to be changed in an effort for us to get better. He's not the preacher that's going to come pat you on the back and say, oh, you're doing a good job. Keep up doing the bad work. Everything's going to be fine. I love you anyway. His love never changes, but his desire for us as his children is to get better. Somebody say amen. We should never get to the place where we are stuck. The safe zone represents a place of being comfortable place of being, uh, I don't know, you know, not being stretched, not stepping outside the borders, a place where we are satisfied, 
We don't need no more, don't want no more, don't need to do any more for the kingdom, don't need to expand, don't need to witness, don't need to pray, don't need to read our word. I'm good. Have you ever been to the place when everything was good, bank account's full, the wife's happy, so you're happy, the kids, nobody's kicking the cat or slapping the dog, everybody's good. Most of the time I've found in my life that when things are good, and no one's being stretched, and there's no faith walk happening in your life, at some point, there's going to come a correction. Because God never intended for us to live high on the hog and leave his kingdom forgotten. I'm just going to say it like it is. Laodicea was living high on the hog. They had everything they needed, and they forgot the one thing that was most important, Jesus. They would have church. They would go through the routine of fellowship. They would feed the poor. They would help the needy. But their hearts, their lips said one thing, but their hearts were saying another. Can you get the picture for a minute? The one problem they had was their water source. They had two cities on the left and on the right side of them. One was Heropolis. Heropolis, if you look it up on the map, you'll see that it was just about 10, 12, 15 miles or so away. See, Laodicea didn't have a good water source. And so they had to pipe their water in. And the reason Jesus communicated to them dealing with the type and shadow of water is because he knew that they could understand his verbiage and what he was trying to teach them. He said uh, in verse 16, he said, you're neither cold nor hot. I would that you, I wish you were one or the other. They resonated with that because they understood the beauty of cold and hot. I used to think that cold and hot in this passage actually meant hot was on fire for God and cold was for the devil. But that's really not what Jesus was saying. He was saying there's benefits for cold water and hot water. There's a purpose with cold and hot, but there's no purpose with lukewarm in the middle stagnant, doing nothing. He says, he goes so, so straightforward with him. He says, you're so lukewarm, I want to vomit you out of my mouth, spit you out. It's nasty. I don't like it. How many, how many would love a good glass of hot, two-day-old, in-the-car milk? No, because hot in that aspect isn't good. But a good hot cup of coffee early in the morning, five o'clock, come on somebody, when it's 35 degrees, ain't nothing like a good hot cup of coffee. Now take that same hot cup of coffee and let it set for three hours on your desk. And now it's lukewarm. Suddenly what was good isn't so good. Cold water. They would take cold water in a city just to the, to the right of them, out of Colossae, 11 miles, they say, away, and they would pipe it in from the mountains. And the cold water was refreshing, especially in the heat days. But by the time the water would come through their channels and through their pipe uh, or irrigation system, it would, by the time it got to them, it would be stagnant and or lukewarm. Same thing for their hot water that came from that city, uh, Heropolis. So they understood what he was saying. And Jesus, 
in verse 16 says, I either want you to be hot or cold. I don't want you to be in between. Number one, write this down. Half faith is faithless faith. Half faith is faithless faith. In other words, you can't have a little bit of faith and not have faith. You can't have a little bit of doubt and a little bit of faith. That's not how Jesus works. He says, you're either going to trust me or you're not. And scripture teaches us uh, in in the, the book of James chapter 1, verse 6 and 8, it says, but when you ask him, talking about Jesus, be sure that your faith is in God, watch, alone. Not in man and God, not in the economy and God, not in the church building and God, in God alone. Do not waver. Look at the results of someone who wavers. For a person who divide, with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave in the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people, watch, should not expect to receive anything from God. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are as unstable in everything that they do. Jesus was explaining to Laodicean church that their dependency on themselves, their wealth, their success, had replaced their faith in him. What's taking the place of him in your life? If anything is taking his place, it's out of order. It's out of line. And what Jesus wants us to know is that half faith is faithless faith. A little bit of right doesn't do away with all the wrong. Half faith is faithless faith. God wants us to be sons and daughters who trust him in good and in bad who trust him when when the economy's great and when the economy has crashed, when the church is full and when the church has only got 50 people. Come on. Faith. The Bible says now faith. Let's talk. Let's teach. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is two things. It's substance and it's evidence of one thing. You can't see it, but you still believe it. It's the substance. No difference than taking a cake, taking the batter, putting the eggs, putting the milk, putting a little bit of salt. What, we put butter in cake? Yeah, we put a little butter in there. You mix it all together. Now let me ask you a question. Can you take the butter out of the batter now? No, because it's been mixed in. Do you have faith to believe that, I, that butter's in there? Do you have faith to believe that milk's in there? You got to have faith to believe what, what's, what's in the source, what's in the substance is there, especially when you see the, the results. Listen, you might not get the results right now. You might not be seeing what you think you want to see, and but you've been speaking it, you've been believing it, but pastor, I'm speaking faith, I'm declaring faith. My husband's this, my wife's that, my kids are that. Listen, at the end of the day, you got to keep walking by faith when you don't see what you want to see. That is what makes it faith. 
But you can't believe on Monday and doubt on Sunday. You can't have faith on Sunday and doubt on Friday. You got to trust and believe for God I'll live, for God I'll die. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care if Sister Jojo or Brother Joe or Brother Boo Boo says this or says that. I'm not swayed based off of what the stock market says. No. My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. My faith is dependent on my king and he's never failed me. He never will fail me. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Faith. Somebody said, well, sometimes my faith ain't that high. I get it. I've been there. But that's when you got to start speaking his word. You have to start speaking. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul forever. I, you you, you got to start speaking. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper when the doctor gives you a bad report. You got to start speaking. You understand? Faith, the Bible says faith, it doesn't say faith is nigh in your wallet. It doesn't say faith is nigh in the church house. You know what it says? It says faith is nigh even in your mouth. And if you don't start letting faith come out, you're never going to see change take place. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, how do we build our faith? Now, faith, okay, Scripture says, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the, talk to me, people of God. Hearing by the Word of God, okay? Every time you turn it on, every time you listen to it, every time you read it, what are you doing? You're building your faith. I want you to know we live in a society, in a place where the world has said, we don't, need the, we don't need the word. We don't need Jesus. We don't need God. We've got it taken care of, just like Laodicea. Laodicea, they went through one season so, so bad, the whole city got destroyed by this, by this earthquake. And their cockiness and arrogance, uh, kind of like, you know, if that happened to us, if you had... If we had a bad storm or anytime there's some type of chaotic destruction, what happens? The government usually comes in, helps put things back together, right? They help people. And Rome reached out to Laodicea. Laodicea was so confident in themselves and in their wealth and their money, they said, no, we don't need your help. Now, you can look at it two different ways. The way, but, but, but today, the way I want you to look at it is when you think you've got it all figured out and you don't need nobody else's assistance... That's a sign of pride. The Bible says pride cometh before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. It's important that we stay a people that are humble, a people who will bow a knee to a God, not to a man, not to a denomination, a people who will bow a knee to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who sits high and looks low, the God who sent his son to die on a cross for sinners like you and I, but didn't keep him in a grave, got him up on the third day. That God raised up our Savior, our Lord, and our King, and that's worth us humbling, bowing ourselves and saying, Lord, for you I live, and for you I will die. You're not always going to get what you expect in the way you expect it. That's where faith drives best. I wonder how many of us have allowed doubt, fear, and unbelief to take the front seat, to take the driver's seat in our spiritual vehicle. How are you living your life? 
Are you tormented? Are you having to take a pill to get up and a pill to go down? Listen, when you're walking by faith and you know who your source is, you can wake up in the morning even when it's stormy and say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You can wake up with a smile on your face when everybody else is weeping and crying. You can say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Somebody said, are oh, you just denying? No, no, no. I'm prophesying. I'm declaring. I'm speaking life. And I refuse to let death, I refuse to let darkness overshadow everything that Jesus has brought me through. Come on. I'm either, I'm either lying or dying. This is what the Word says. And as sons and as daughters, at the church of Laodicea, they were dependent on themselves. They were caught up in what they could do and how they could do it. The very, listen, if you don't realize that you are blessed today, if you don't realize that God is for you, you can deny him all you want. But I want you to understand something. You're more dependent on him than you think. If you're not, stop taking them breaths you're taking right now because they don't belong to you. They belong to God. If you don't think you need God, stop blinking them eyes. Close them right now. You ain't got a right to see the beautiful colors of trees and grass and all. You, 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 seeing the rainbows and seeing your beautiful wife or your sons and daughters. No, no, no. That, that ability came from God. God's ability has given you the, the opportunity to stand up on your own two feet and walk out these, these front doors and get in a vehicle and travel. Go get you a bite to eat at, mid, at noon today. It's God and God alone. Don't you forget who your source is. Our source is not a political party. I'm just going to say it real clear to you. Our source is not this judiciary system. It's not going to be a president. Our source is God. Am I in the right church this morning? I feel like some of you feel defeated. I, got, I come here to, with you, to you with some good news. You're watching online. The church is not defeated. The gates of hell may try to prevail, but it won't work. People will not be defeated. God will be exalted as long as we continue to give him glory and give him praise. And right there, you ought to take a praise break. Let him know he's still your source. I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter. Don't matter. Quit whining. Quit complaining. Pray for, if it's a Republican president, you pray for the Republican. If it's Democratic, you pray for the Democratic. Come on. I'm preaching better than you, amen. This division mess has to stop. I don't care if you're black, white, brown, purple, blue. Doesn't matter. We can all be Smurfs. It, the main thing is that we get to Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We focus our faith and attention on who really matters. Laodicea got so caught up in their stuff, their money, their fame, their fortune, they didn't have time to look at the God they'd left out of the equation. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. I don't have to be popular. I don't have to be accepted. But I will be obedient. And that's our job. That's all we're called to be. Just obedient. Just be, just be obedient. Be faithful to him. Don't live in the safe zone. Don't get in that place where you're just comfortable. We're going to get by in the sweet by and by. I fly away your glory. I fly away. Remember we used to sing that song. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I fly away. 
all we're worried about is getting up out of here. We ain't worried about who we're going to go see. Listen, it's more than getting out of here. I want to know that I'm going to get to see him. That's really what it's all about. And until I get there, I'm not going to complain while I'm here. I'm going to give him praise. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Bless him in the good. Bless him in the bad. This is the day that the Lord hath made. David said, bless the Lord at all times. Not sometimes. Not when your party wins or when your party loses. Bless the Lord at all times. Not when your bank account's full, but when your bank account's empty. Bless the Lord at all times. Not when uh, people are for you, but when people are against you. Bless the Lord at all times. When your husband's mad, when your wife's crazy. Bless the Lord at all times. Come on, church. You got a blessing. It's needed. It's needed. And you and me have to refuse to allow ourselves to live in the safe zone and capitalize in the faith zone because that's when miracles happen. What if Peter would have stayed in the boat when Jesus said, come on out this way during the storm? He'd have never walked on water. What if Moses would have never taken his stick, stretched it out by faith? The Red Sea would have never parted and Pharaoh would have taken out the children of Israel. What if Samson you remember Samson? Strongest man who ever lived. What if Samson wouldn't have taken up a jawbone of a donkey and said, I'll use what I got to defend what I have? And he killed a thousand Philistines. I'm just saying God don't need much, but he does need you to have faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, it's important. John chapter 15 and 5 says it like this. Jesus said this to his disciples. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. And those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Stop. He said you will produce much fruit if, most powerful word we have in the English language, if you remain in me. That's what he said. But look at, look at the latter part. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, am I the only person that sees the powerfulness of that? He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Not apart from me, you can do half things. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And what that means is for our city, our communities, our families, our churches, we must realize God has to be foundation. Or everything that we build will eventually come crumbling down. It won't last. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When we depend on ourselves, it sets us up for spiritual failure. But when we trust in something else more than we trust in God, we are blinded like the Laodicean in church and we're deceived. But when we put our trust in him, there's no limits to what our God can do through us. Somebody shout amen. Number two, verse 17, he said, verse 17, he says, you say I'm rich and I have everything I want and I don't need anything. He said, you say three things. You say you're rich, you say you got everything that you want and you don't need anything. Write this down, number two. Be aware that some blessings can blind us and keep us from truth. Now let me explain. Be aware that some blessings, because many say, well, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I don't need anything. 
I, 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 I don't need no help. I'm blessed. And all I'm telling you is sometimes blessings can keep us from greater truths and being set free. Jesus said this. He said, you say I'm rich. You say you, don't ha you, you, you have everything. You say you don't need anything. But this is what I say. You're wretched. You're miserable. You're poor. You're blind. And you're naked. That's what he said. What I don't want us to do is get to the place where we look at ourselves better and we evaluate ourselves according to others more than we evaluate ourselves based off of what his word says. Does that make sense? Okay. The Bible says he that, he, he that, scripture says it like this. He that looks at other people. I'm, I'm, I got a paraphrase. I, I know it says it. He that judges themselves by themselves are not wise. That's, a, that's King James Version. He that judges themselves by themselves are not wise. In other words, when you judge yourself according to somebody else, well, sister so-and-so only got to eight. I, I, I'm at eight too, so I'm doing, I'm doing just as good as her. Uh, I, I, I must be doing okay. He said a lot of people compare themselves to other people. Okay? And he says when you do that, that's not wise. You don't live your life to compare and compete with others. No, no. You live your life to please your Father. He's given you the ability to do things that I can't do. He's given you the ability to do things that she and he can't do. So if we're going to live a life of effectiveness and not stay in the safe zone but live in the faith zone, we've got to be, have so much trust in God that we're not depending on a blessing, but we're dependent on his word, his promise, and him as our source. Now, let me give you a little bit more explanation. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8 and 9 says it like this. <clears throat> First, help me never to tell a lie. Okay? I like that. I think we ought to tell the truth. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Hmm, interesting. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich... I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? And if I'm too poor, I may steal, thus insulting God's holy name. What can we learn from that? You've got to learn that whether you have a lot or whether you have a little, you've got just enough in him. You find satisfaction, you find wholeness in him. Laodicea stopped finding wholeness. They stopped finding satisfaction in him. What, 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 what if you don't begin, get all the likes that you think you should get on Facebook or Instagram? What if you don't get to build that dream home that you've been hoping and praying for for 25 years? What if you don't get the raise? Oh, here's one for you. What if your husband dies in a major car wreck? Or your wife gets cancer. What if? You say, Pastor Darren, that's, that's kind of being negative. No, that's reality. You understand life's a vapor? Somebody just died. There's another one. Life is a vapor. Most of us are more prepared to live than we are to die. 
I would be doing you an injustice if I didn't say, wake up. What really matters right now is he's knocking at the door and he's saying, can I come in? I want to be the king of the church again. I want to be king of your life again. Laodicea, you're focused on all the things that you've gotten, you've done. You think you're clothed, but you're naked. You think you're rich, but you're poor. You think you're happy, but you're wretched. Jesus said, I've made it real clear. You are miserable, and you don't even know it. I wonder if this Laodicean church laughed when they read it and said, does this Jesus know who we are? And in their piousness, this does he not know what we've invented? All the people that just love to come to our city and our churches? We're the biggest church in the community. I'm only correcting you because I love you, Jesus said. I'm only letting you know your, your, your physical, mental, and emotional oh, and spiritual state because you're so blind with yourself, you can't see it. There's a story in the book of Luke chapter 12. I ain't got time to read it. Chapter 12, verse 16, you can read it. It's about a rich man. And that rich man had so much stuff. The Bible says he was so caught up in his self and in his stuff. Instead of giving what he had away to help other people, he says, what am I going to do with this overflow? I don't have room to contain it. He says, I know what I'll do. I'll knock all my barns down and I'll build brand new barns bigger so that I can hold more stuff. And Jesus is talking here and to his disciples. He said, what this guy doesn't realize is that his soul is going to be taken from him tomorrow, tonight, at any moment. He said, what does it profit a man if it gains the whole world and loses his soul? I'm talking to you young people. Sons, daughters, boys, girls. What does it profit how popular you are at school if your soul, if your heart with Christ, if your dependency on him is weak and frail and the, the moment a storm shows up, you quit, you walk away, you give up. You lose the battle. See, faith is not about necessarily you. It's about him. And when you can have your faith in something that's bigger than you, suddenly, when you're weak, he's made strong. I believe God's calling us to not look at our blessings but to look at our source. Jesus looked at the church in 17 and 18. He says, he says Laodicea, I want you to buy, if you, if you need to buy something, I want you to buy gold from me because your gold hasn't been put through the fire. It's going to deteriorate. It's going to fade away. But my gold is purified. It's been refined and it will last forever. Then he looks at him and he says, I want you to buy red, white garments. You got on that royalty, that purple linens, that you, 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 you've made the success in, in the clothing industry. Listen to me. What you're wearing, you're still naked. That's what Jesus was saying. 
He was saying, what you think is working ain't working. All of your righteousness is as filthy rags. Let me say it like that. He said, buy white raiment from me. Walk in my righteousness. And he says, oh, by the way, that amazing success you've had with healing blinded eyes, put all of it on you won't. You're still not seeing the way you need to see. You're blind. He says, put my ointment on. Walk in my anointing so that you can see what I've called you to be. Here's the point. Never allow blessings in your life to make you think, I'm okay because I'm blessed. You can be blessed and still lost and dying and going to hell. I know a lot of blessed people that never profess Christ as Savior. I believe God wants his people to be blessed. I believe God wants his people to be above and beyond, to be above and, and not beneath, first and not last. I believe, I preach that, I stand on the word. But listen, my blessings don't make me. My God <laughs> makes me. He's my source. He's my Savior. And he's my Lord. Come on, give him praise for that right now. Come on. All right, I'm closing. He says, look, I've told you where we're at. I told you what I think about what's going on in your life. He said, you've been stagnant. You're lukewarm. You've been in the safe zone. You haven't been in the faith zone. You've stopped depending on me. You're depending on everything else. Verse 20, he says, look, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. I'm not walking away from you. I'm not running from you. I'm not hiding from you. I'm knocking. And I'm asking, will you let me come in? Because I can make some changes in your life. You'll never make change without me. Number three, playing it safe, listen, is not living by faith. I'm going to explain Playing it safe is not living by faith. You understand Jesus never called us to be comfortable. He never called us. He never promised us. He never said, hey, come follow me. Your life's going to be comfortable. You're going to have everything that you need and everything that you want in the way that you want it. That's not what he said. Matthew 15, 16 and 24, rather, says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. He never called and promised that things would be comfortable. He never promised that you would never have trouble and you'd never have trials and you'd never have tribulation. He never promised it. So for that person that believes that, you know, I'm going to give my heart to God and I'm never going to have trouble because that's what this pastor told me. No, no. He lied to you. He see, a lot of times when we give our heart to the Lord and we start trusting him and, and we are walking by faith, we see God moving. He's healed. He gave us a job. He promoted us. We don't have a problem moving up. You ever notice when people start going up, they, they will testify. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Lord gave me a new job. God gave me a new husband. No, don't sing that. So everybody wants to be elevated. But see, this is, the, this is the safe zone. Because going up is easy. Going across ain't so easy. 
As long as you stay in the safe zone, things are okay. But what I want to do is get you to a place where when, when life and God start saying, come this way. Step out by faith. But God, I don't know if I can pay my bills. Give, me, give your tithes. Trust me. Honor me with your whole substance. But God, I don't know if, I don't know. The doctor said I, I, I've only got six months to live. No, 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 no. Come on out. Get out of the safe zone. Get in the faith zone. And trust and know that everything that you need is found in me. God, I, I, I'm in between. I, I'm up and down. I'm, I'm good on Sunday. I'm bad on Monday. God said, no, no. Take one step and I'll take two. If you'll trust me, get out of that safe zone. The safe zone, listen, the safe zone will ruin your dependence on me and keep it on you. Laodicea was so caught up in themselves, they never reached the other side. They had the money, they had the fame, they had the fortune, they had all the accolades of life, but they never reached the other side. Why? Because they were caught up in the safe zone and they never walked in the faith zone. Where is it that God's trying to take you? He's trying to get you from here to there. He's trying to teach you. I mean, listen to me. I would have never thought that I was going to have to go through the hell of losing my wife after 17 years of marriage through cancer. Never. Matter of fact, if you really want to know my prayer in my heart, I remember sitting in my closet after we just built a brand new home, brand new spanking debt-free home, dream home, Six, 15 and a half years of marriage at that time. Just finished it, sitting in my closet, praying. I said, God, there's some people that would think, if they looked at our life, they would think, man, they got the perfect life. It wasn't a week later. One week later, my wife got the phone call. She had stage four breast cancer. I'm in the faith zone. I can do the faith thing. I'm blessed. God says, safe zone's not where I want you to stay. I need you to grow your faith, Darren. I need your kids to see you walk by faith and not by sight. I need families and men and women who are going to face the very exact same circumstance. They're going to lose a job. They're going to lose a husband. They're going to lose a wife. I need them to see that if, they can, if I can do it through you, I can do it through them. I got a friend right now who got married about two years ago. His wife just got diagnosed with, with, with breast cancer. And I talked to him the other day. I said, hey, you know what I'm going to say? Keep walking. Don't stop in the middle. Keep living in the faith zone. How'd you do it? Was it rocky? Oh, yeah, it was rocky. Did your faith get shaken? Yeah, it got shaken. We decided in the midst of the storm, we would rather hold the hand of the storm maker than walk in a safe place and say, well, I could have made it over but I didn't even try. I coulda, woulda, shoulda. What are the things that you could do if you just trusted God? What are the things that you, how could you be used by God if you just said yes in this season of your life? You gotta learn how to live life in the faith zone, not in the safe zone.
Somebody says, but you lost. No, she won. My kids have won. My family has won. And we got more work to do. We got more things to do. We got more people to affect. We got more impact to make. Why? Because we're still here. See, you were designed to stay here, but you, while you're here, you've got to do what you've been called to do so that God can use you, watch, for glory. Not so that you can go get in, lock yourself up in the big mansion and say, I've made it, I'm done. No, that's what Laodicea did. And Jesus said, I'm coming to you, I'm knocking and I'm asking you, open this door. You've got to get away from walking in the faith zone, and uh, from the safe zone, and start walking in the, in, the, in the faith zone. I've got to get you from here to there. I want to transition you. I want to move you. I want to grow you. I want to expand you. Here's the question. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? If he don't give you what you want the way you wanted it, will you trust him? That's the big question. Preacher, you're asking a lot of me. No, he is. Matthew 16, 24 says that Jesus said to his disciples, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. You got to take up your cross and you got to follow me. You know what he said? He said, you're going to have to take up some things that are bigger than you. I already finished it on the cross, but I'm not going to allow you to stay in the safe zone. you got to deny yourself. go. Let, let success go. Carry. Carry what I've entrusted you with. And every step that you make, people are going to look at you and say, my God, how are they making it? My God, how they come out of that? And you're going to be able to have a testimony that says, for God, I'll live. For God, I'll die. Had it not been for the Lord who was on my side, I would have never made it. But because of his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, my Lord, he picked me up. He turned me around. He changed my life. He restored me and he put me back better than I was before I ever stepped out of the safe zone. See, safe zone don't make me stronger, but faith zone whew, takes me to places I never knew I could go. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Take up your cross. Take it up. Don't be afraid of it. Don't run from it. Take it up. My question to you today is, He's knocking at the door. Have you answered? Have you let him in? You're watching today online. Is Jesus your source? Is he your king? Are you looking to him? If you say, I don't know, I'm not sure. Well, I used to, but I'm not so much anymore. Listen, all you have to do is just admit it. Just, just say, you know what? I think I was wrong. Just repent. You know the sound of my voice. You say, Pastor Darren, I want to make things right. But I don't want to be embarrassed. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is your personal choice. But would you acknowledge, hey, I could change. 
I could have more dependency on him and less on me. If that's you in this place, I'm going to count to three, and I just want you to put your hand up. And just put it right back down. I'm going to pray for you. If that's you, it takes a man, takes a woman to say, you know what, I need to get better. I've been in the safe zone long enough. I'm ready to walk in faith. If that's you in this place, you say, Pastor Darren, I need prayer. I'm ready to make a commitment. Ready? One, two, three. Raise it up. One, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God sees that hand. He saw that hand. Perfect. There's people online. You're saying, Pastor Darren, I really need to make a change. We're going to all make it together. All right? I want you all just to stand to your feet. No one moving around. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. I believe you died for me. I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, say, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I've been forgiven. I'm washed in the blood. <laughs> I'll never be the same again. Now make this commitment. Say, Lord, come on. It's me. one thing for me to say. It's another thing for you. But, but if you really believe it, say, Lord, I'm ready to move from the safe zone to the faith zone. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing one more song. The prayer team is going to step out right now. We believe in prayer. This is not a place of weakness. This is a place of restoration. And sometimes you just need a brother and a sister to just agree with you in prayer. Okay? So this is the faith zone right here. If you need to step out, challenge your faith, healing, finances, circumstances. If you just gave your heart to the Lord, we want to give you a booklet before you leave so that you can know how to walk this thing out called faith in Christ. I love you. And I believe nothing's impossible to them that believe. Thank you for joining me today. I trust and believe that God's word has strengthened your faith. Why don't you visit me at darrenfarmer.com and let's do life together on all social media platforms. And as always, your prayers and your financial giving is always welcome. God bless you.